Shall we listen to our scripture reading? It's taken from John 6, 66 to 69. John chapter 6, 66 to 69. If you are there, say amen. amen. If you are still struggling, say Jesus is Lord. Amen. Shall we hear the word of God? After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, You want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have, you have the world worth of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Amen. Here ends the reading of his word. Thanks be to God. Amen. It is time to hear the word of God. Today is a great day for us as a church. A church that is in transition. So anything that happens, happens, and sometimes we are taken by surprise. But the fact is that nothing takes the Lord by surprise. And once we are his church, we should be ready for the things that happen. And learn learn lessons from it. So today, we are met here to have a send off service. That's how we have labeled it. I trust that by the time we finish, it will we will look back and say it is a different service. Instead of, instead of a, a send-off service, it becomes a commission or commissioning Amen. service. And, and I will explain. We'll, you will get it. By the time I get there, I don't have to tell you what it is. You will get it yourself, I hope. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we thank you because this is the day you have made. And what a joy it is to be in your presence. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, that we can come to you and hear your word and apply it to our lives and ourselves as a church. Thank you for hearing us because we prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've chosen not to deviate from the topic as published for our Shifu and Sunday materials, preaching but just add a few verses. And the topic for the day chosen by Reverend Dr. J. Mensah as he passed it on to me is the challenge of discipleship. When that topic was chosen, this day was not slated for a send off service. But the practical demonstration of the challenge of discipleship is what I have added, the Macedonian call that we see in Acts chapter 6. Acts Acts chapter 16. And to show how the Lord works, I was trying to do this and use a map to teach it. 
So I was here struggling with my technicians trying to find how the map would look like, how I should point it. And there walks in Pastor Kinsley and Professor Fred Daku, who is a professor of New Testament. Say, Pastor Fred, what are you trying to do? When I told him what I was trying to do, he said, ah, I have better maps to give you. But even, I, I know what you are trying to say. But even I myself, I've not used those maps to teach in church before. So, so far, let's go to the sermon. What is a challenge? Let's go to the script. What's a challenge? I have a lot, so I have to fly. A challenge is a call to prove or justify something. Jesus said something to his disciples in the script that was read, and they misunderstood it, and some walked away. I'm the bread of life, I'm the fountain, I'm the water, I'm this, if you don't eat my flesh. He said so many things, and some of the disciples just couldn't take it. But he continued. He continued because his purpose was to win the whole world to himself, and that is still his purpose. And so anybody who comes to him must understand that if you want to be his disciple, it's a challenge to prove or justify that he has called you and you are willing to pay the price to follow him. After I finished serving at the Christian Council, there were two opportunities that were open for me to go and serve elsewhere. Elsewhere. So I'm glad my deacon is here. So I came to the church and I said, two doors are open for me. One to go to Switzerland and one to go to New York. Can we vote? Some of you may remember. I think the church voted for me to go to New York. I was driving to Shashi for a meeting. This was at Adabraka. I was driving to Shashi for a meeting. And Deacon Davis was in the car. So I saw him and I said, I look at the Dickens, you all did not vote. Why? Deacon Davis, do you remember what you told me? He said, you haven't shown us who your successor is. So where are you going? And I kept quiet. Because I had no intention of going to New York or going to Switzerland. As, look, as, as fantastic as that looked for my family and friends, who were upset that I wasn't showing any interest. Hey, hey, the intention is that this sermon would be um, rebroadcast or translated to our churches because I'm seizing the moment as a, as a pastor of this church for a church in transition not to miss the lessons of this moment. 
So, Pastor Wisdom, it is not in Ebe, but it should be in Ebe. It is not in Botiano, but it should go to Botiano. It can even go to uh, 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 in Saom later on, because this is our church, and we ought to understand, from my point of view, what the Lord is doing in His church. Because we are all people in transition. So, what the deacon said confirmed to me. What I felt the Lord was saying, but I do not want to impose myself on the church. After all, who say you are the only one who can transition this church? The Lord wants to do whatever He wants to do. So I said, okay. So things have continued from 2013, and I'm still here. Is it 2013 or whatever it was? And I'm still here. Uh, We've gone through a number of things looking for a senior, an incoming senior pastor. And well, we have arrived at a decision. But I've been in this church for a very long time. So I have friends, I have enemies, I have those who don't care, and I have those who talk to me from children to adults. They are all over the church. So that's, that's the advantage of long service award. You have all kinds of people that you listen to who talk to you, whether you want to hear or not, they will let you know what they think. So for parents who are trying to remove it, into a thin sandpaper, we are done. We are going to be in trouble. Once you are being fouled, we are facing penalty for Ethiopia. So recently, one of them walked up to me and said, "Pastor, the things that are going on with this choice of a senior pastor, me, I don't, I don't really get it. And what annoys me is that when you come to, instead of reading the Bible, then you start quoting constitutions and all of the constitution. You are we going to eat the constitution? Why don't you follow the spirit of God?" As a software and our home concurrential, not the Biabusi constitution, constitution, media mentias here. Then he mentioned that you people have not been fair to Reverend Dr. Joseph Ajemensa. I want to preach this sermon when he's here so that it's not be later. You people have not been fair to Reverend Dr. Joseph Ajemensa. On the Bakwano catches of Upenis on it here, I say, Yambuas of Upein, Yambuas of War, Dr. Jemensa. So I smile, I said, Why? Oh, I then I will cast her. The person explained it for a while. And I said, ah, even what I'm talking about, I don't even know anything about it. And I said, the Lord helped you. He has helped you to know you don't know what you are talking about. I got to know Reverend Dr. Jameson right about 93 or 94. I didn't know him directly. But those of us who grew up in the Baptist Student Union, we have, we have people who taught us, the missionaries. His coach, spiritual mother, was Nadine Lovan. Lady Lovan, I know all your And mine was Danny Stampley. So Nadine Lovan comes to me. I'm a pastor of Calvary Baptist Church and said, I have a son. He's a very good son. He's called Joseph. Now that you are in Calvary, find him something to do. I said, oh, really? Yeah. Who is he? What is he? And she told me all that, all that you read in the tribute to the, you hear today. Yeah. I said, oh, well, once it's your son, if the Lord opens the door, he will find something to do. So I sent for Joe and he came. I think maybe the mother told him to come and see me, so he came. 
It is Dr. James Abehono. I try it. Joe, what do you want to do? Where do you want to serve? What are your gifts? Your shape? Your all those questions that I normally ask. After a while, he came back and said, Pastor Fred, where you send me, I will go. That's That's amazing. So I said, okay. If I send you, you will go, then go to Psalm. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he went to Psalm. Fast forward the story. Things happened at the Brakai, the Calvary family, things had changed. I said, Joe, it's time for you to come back to, to come to Adabraka. I said, what? And I tried to explain to you the principle of subsidiarity, that big English word. And I said, Joe, come home. And Bravi, he came. And we've been on this path for the past 25 years. So, so, when, so when the person was talking and saying those things, I said, you, you, you really don't even know what you are talking about. At least, at least. The two mothers who murdered us and brought us together in the Asbury Collection, they are dead in heaven. And at least we must be seen that we are honoring God in all that we do. So I asked this question. So, do you believe, ask the person, do you believe in closed doors and open doors? What is that? Which door, how does God close a door and open a door? And that answer, as bad as it was, opened my mind to what I'm sharing today in gist. A challenge it's a call to justify something. And when God calls his disciples, basically if you strip discipleship of anything, a disciple just means you are an apprentice. You do what your master is doing. And let me say straight away, there's nobody who can do a quote-unquote a more dirty job as an apprentice than Jesus did. You don't want to be an apprentice fitter because you look dirty, an apprentice messing because concrete will pour on you. The man who said we should follow us, our Lord Jesus Christ, died for us. So you cannot do any more dirty job than he did. You cannot kill your love for anybody. What is the aim of today's lesson? What are we to take away That through a series of opened and closed doors, God guides his servants to fulfill his agenda. And the bulk of this is dedicated to Reverend Dr. Joseph Ajemesa and his family on their call to Solid Rock Baptist Church, Denver, Colorado, and to the church that he's leaving behind, or Calvary Baptist Church. When the Lord established his church, he was categorical about what he wanted to happen in his church. And he was clear what he wanted to happen. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you'll be my disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, up to the uttermost parts of the world. The disciples heard it 
And they had no plans to follow what the Lord asked them to do. But something happened. Fire fell on Jerusalem. Persecution arose. And the disciples stayed in Jerusalem. And those who were not disciples in those days ran away. And Antioch became the next place that the gospel was moving. From Antioch. You can see in Acts 13 that they were checked out on fire, hoping to do the will of God. These were freed people. They were not bound by the tradition of the apostles. They will pray, they will fast, they will go speak in tongues, they will do whatever they wanted to do. And from Acts 13, God was clear, set apart Barnabas and Saul for me for the task which I've called them. And after they confirmed that this is the call from God, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. Now let's see the map. Let's see the first map of what they tried to do. This is what the professor gave me. So Antioch now becomes the heavyweight of the place. From Antioch, they went to Cyprus. From Cyprus, they went to all of these small places and came back again to Antioch. Friends, I have news for you. Jesus himself never went to those places. He never went there himself physically. But he was directing the people to go. No maps, no GPS, no blueprints, no clear agenda what was going to happen there. Except people who were walking and taking <laughs> see no, yeah. and went to all those places. If you read this again from the book of Acts, you will get an idea of the beating, the slapping, the, 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 the demonic attacks, the exorcism that went on in their life that they experienced by excellence. But the amazing thing, give me, give me the last one. The amazing thing is that these people came back to the church to come and report what the Lord did for them. Let's read Acts 14, 26 to 28. They came back to this place after the travel and said, Oh, church, look, this is what the Lord has done in our lives. I'm bringing this because, you see, Sometimes when we send people away, uh, let, me, let me put it in a secular way. I've been, uh, when I was young, we used to go to the airport. And at the airport, you see all kinds of groups coming to see somebody off. And some are playing drums, some are dancing, but some are crying. And those who are crying, I wonder why they cry. They only cry to say, when you go there, who cry? Why? Uh -huh. So now, if you cry loud for Dr. James to see and he remembers you, he may send you $100. And that $100. Hallelujah! <laughs> now, look at what is reported. From Atalia, they sailed back to Antioch where they had been committed to the grace of the Lord for the work the Lord had given them. So from verse 24, verse 24, the report that they gave. Okay, Let, suffice it to say, they came back. They came back and reported to the church, and the church prayed for them. And, and thank God for them. And they were amazed at what the Lord used them to do. Even though these five 
heavyweights and others were, were in the church in Antioch. They had no idea what the Lord could use them for. It was only in response to the commission, the challenge of being an apprentice for God, discerning that this is the voice of God that caused them to go out. And when they went out, they couldn't believe what the Lord used them to do. May you go out as the Lord sends you and come back with stories that we never heard in Shashi, Adabraka, or anywhere. Amen. Now, they settled for a while and decided we must go for a second missionary journey. There are a number of things here I can talk about the whole day, but I'll just summarize it. When you, when you look at Acts 13, Acts, Acts, the Lord's command was clear. Separate to me, Paul, Barnabas and Saul. But by the time we get to the next missionary journey, it is now Paul and Barnabas. And there were a lot of troubles. If you think that the early church was without its problems, then you are sleeping. You don't read your Bible well. Some number one, there was a clash between Barnabas and Paul over John Mark. When Paul became born again and nobody knew him and he was causing trouble, he ran away to his hometown. It was Barnabas who brought him to that person and said, this is my son, my son. And he was accepted because of Barnabas. Now, Paul is fighting Barnabas. When we go on the first missionary journey, there was a young man called John Mark. He followed them. John Mark is Barnabas' cousin. John Mark's mother is rich. John Mark had a house in Jerusalem. John Mark followed them to do what they wanted to do. So, Barnabas was to said, let's go with John Mark. Paul said, no way, we will not go with John Mark. If you read the scripture, it was a sharp disagreement. Paul quarreling with Barnabas over John Mark. Where was the anointing? What was the sign and wonders? What was the spirit of God? The man was a man who had no room for nonsense or for lackadaisical behavior. So, as a result of that, they formed two groups. Barnabas and John Mark. And Paul and Silas. See, God using the, 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 the conflict to create two groups now. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> two groups. Now they set off. This is where the thing gets interesting. Now, what are the things that happened before they leave? So, Paul now goes with Silas and John Mark and Barnabas go together. When they were going, Paul came to a place called Lystra. He went to a place called Lystra again. That Lystra is Timothy's hometown. In the first missionary journey, Paul was beaten very well in Lystra. He almost died. Yeah, Paul, I was Lestra. I was near Asempetre Dikaino. 
When he resurrected to a second missionary, he went back there. And what happened in Lystra? Then of course, he got a guy called Timothy. Timothy joined him. He got a man called Dr. Luke to join him. Dr. Luke, and And he saw that, yes, now I have a team. That's the team he went with. And Luke was a tremendous man as a physician, but also somebody possibly with a gift of helps who put his medical skills, his intellect, his ability to gather and synthesize facts at the disposal of the church and wrote the book of Acts and the book of Luke. 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 Incredible. Luke, no, or yeah, or yeah, resafo so ana otumi wo mboa achede. Achede o de boa eye yame juma yefo no trechrene me koso ina. But then you see what happened. Now, so they set out on their journey. Wo sha se se wo ko wo juma so. And as they set on the journey, they went to a few places. Wo konem bebi bebre. And decided they should go and continue and evangelize Asia. Now fi dey wo ko eye nkan Asia. But they were closed doors. I want to talk a little bit about these closed doors. We find it in Acts 14, 27. 1 Corinthians 16, 8 and 9. And those scriptures, you can read them yourself. Yeah. It is a phenomenon we find in the Bible and it's also in life. As you walk with God, you may walk you may want to do something. You've prayed about it. To the best of your mind, it is something that you can do. But for some reason, you cannot do it. You sense, you sense that the door is closed. Some hand is blocking you. And if you are a committed disciple, you ask the Lord, what is going on? Now, we want to go and do missionary work. We want to follow the churches. Lord, we want to go and strengthen your churches. So you go back to the map. So here they are. They've gone through a few. They have a team gathered. Paul is leading this team. And suddenly, Paul comes to tell them, uh, we have a closed door. They are now in Troas, a place called Troas. Actually, when they reach when they reach Ephesus the first time, Ephesus, if you can see it. They wanted to cross. They wanted to cross, but the Lord said they felt God would not open the door, so they kept quiet. Now they went to Troas. Troas. And the plan was to go to Asia. To the left. So, let's go to Asia. Let's finish all these places. Then, Paul came back and said, the door is closed. Friends, ask yourself, what is the meaning of a closed door? And what does it mean? How did he sense it? Sometimes God uses human beings to close doors. Sometimes circumstances look like closed doors. But behind those closed doors, as they say in the local palace, when God closes the door, he does what? 
It is not in the Bible like that, but we see this phenomena of closing and opening. And basically, when it's closed and open, it means don't go in this direction, but go this now, way. So Paul, Paul is seeking the Lord. Lord, what do you want us to do? And then in the night, he and had a know. vision. He saw a man calling and say, come to Macedonia and Come to Macedonia and help us. So that was a very strange call. He probably had a conference with Luke and with the people who were with him and said, what is the meaning of that? So far the gospel has stayed in Asia. But now he says, the Lord has closed the door and says, let us go where? To Macedonia. And Macedonia is at the other corner. And that, that's why we are using the map. Macedonia is the other corner. But if this is east, this is Asia. Asia. On my left is Asia. Then where the Lord wants them to go is Europe. There's a sea over there. And so now the Lord who himself didn't leave Israel, who didn't come to Asia, suddenly apprentice, you get the call saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. But you see, as human beings, when you get a call for help, a call, a sincere call for help, it should do something to you. It should draw the human emotion in you that I can help. I can do something about it. Particularly when it has to do with the work of God. So Paul and his people decided, okay, we'll go. That looks like an opportunity. So they decided to go, and the place they landed was called Philippi. So we can see that one door was closed called Calvary Baptist Church, and another door opens called Solid Rock Baptist Church. Between Ghana and America. But this is where it gets more interesting. Let's see if this Philippi that they answer God's call and get to. First, it is in Europe, so a different continent altogether. So they move from Asia to Europe. It looks like an opportunity. And this opportunity is full of troubles. What is the first trouble? They go to Philippi, and Philippi is a Roman colony. It's a Roman city in Europe. So they are, there are no synagogues there. They don't worship anything there. The only king they know is the Caesar of Rome. So they move through the city and they don't see any synagogue. The only place they saw with people worshipping was near the sea. And they went. 
You know, it means that the gospel had not taken root in Philippi. Children, wait, wait for me. Your cartoon is coming very soon. It had not taken root. So he saw a woman there. And in the Judaism, you needed 10 men to form a synagogue. He didn't see, he didn't see 10 men at the beach. There were 10 men nowhere in Philippi to form a synagogue. So we had to do one on one to talk to this woman to accept Christ. We hear Mbema a Jew, now Mbaba Kahona went to my synagogue. When to me, not Bema Bakope, Mbani de Bibri, Toshes or Yenipa Bakobako. Is that what God sent him to do? Now, Osha and Nona, now Paul, officer, you are missing on Koye. Ask me about it. Would you be, sir? So your first woman convert. Now, Sha Oba Bako, yeah. Then give me, give me the, 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 the children, you wake up, wake up. Then he Paul now goes to to door to door. Prayer. They were met by a market to girl. market witnessing. She was able to predict the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and Silas shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many, many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the evil spirit left the girl. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of money-making was gone, they captured Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They told the officials, These men are Jews, and they are throwing our city into an uproar by teaching customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the officials ordered them to be beaten and thrown into jail. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains were broken. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Paul and Silas were released from prison and left in peace. Hallelujah. Amen. So, cross over to Macedonia and help us. Bra Macedonia na beboye. It looks like <laughs> deeper trouble. As oh how There's no church there, there's no synagogue there. I sorry be anywo in shemu be anywo. You find one woman witness to her. Baba kono ne ne kasa no wa You find a marketplace you are witnessing. Na fidia bebi wo ha wo kan yame asem e wo dwemu. A witch is following you saying that these are God's people listen to them. 
cast out the demon and you land in prison. They beat you well and you land in prison. Joe, it looks to me like opportunity looks like trouble. Are you ready? Grace yeah, is there. When God is in it, grace is there. Now, I can go on and on, but let me just finish here. You see? Now, so, they went to, from there, they went to Thessalonica. And they beat them very well. Again. <laughs> this is physical beating. The challenge of the, they beat them well. Because the kind of thing that he was saying was counterculture. The world has become a place where people do not want to hear about Jesus Christ. The pure, unadulterated gospel that you stand in Ghana and preach. Some don't want it in the West. They don't want it in Europe. They don't want it in America. And you can get into trouble just by quoting the word of God. Then they went to Berea. At least they were there and they listened to find out whether the things are true. Berea for the Sebio, I said, I will own the papa, what ya, no, I can't send you all can and cry. When he got to Corinth, where there were big, big, big idols, he heard the voice of God saying, Stay there, stay there, stay there. I have many people in this city, and Paul stayed there and witnessed there for 18 months until the church was formed. This is all. In response to the Macedonian call. Macedonia. But as I end, they returned again to greet the church in Antioch. What I'm learning is that a home church, praying with them, supporting them, is the way to go. An understanding of the church that whoever goes out, goes out in our name, goes out in the name of Christ and we must be seen to be part of that sending ministry and welcoming them and praying with them is what does the work of God because the enemy will fight you any day and if your home church or Christians are also divided about you, who said what, who did this, who did what, who did what, then we've lost the battle already. So what are the lessons? First, God has a global salvation agenda and he wants his church and servants to follow him to achieve this, to achieve this, not achieve. That plan is still active today. And we must be part of it. Number two, even in the best of teams, there can be disagreement about methods. By should not lead to enmity. It should not lead to enmity. Incredibly, Paul and Barnabas reconciled. They were friends. They were brothers. Even Paul asked that Mark should be brought to him because he's useful. It is that Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark. As for Luke, he joined the team late. Look. But the books are there to show. So long as we are human beings, we can have conflicts. 
The fact that we agree does not mean that we should be disagreeable and destroy the work of God. Through closed doors, the triumph God can lead us to follow his will. I know I haven't read any scripture, so give me a minute to read the scripture. Turn to Acts chapter 16. Verse 6 to 10. Call the people of the books. Let's, let's do some Bible study here. Acts 16. And see what I'm saying. Acts 16. From verse 10. You will see the beautiful design in the closed door that I'm talking about. I'm saying through closed doors, God the Father, God the Son has shown the hand in what is happening. Alright, let me read it to you. Verse 6 says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Are you there? Alright. Yes. Verse 10. Look at the last part. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. No, no. Verse 6. Start from verse 6. Let's see the hand of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you don't take anything away, take this away. Verse 6. Can we read it together? Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Galatia. Having been kept forbidden by who? Holy the Spirit. Holy Spirit from preaching the word of God in the province. No, 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 no. Does this make sense? Oh, God's timing is not our timing. His He's not saying don't do it. He said don't do it now. I'm not sending you now. I'm sending you here now. It's not Calvary. It's solid rock. Maybe somewhere else. Let's take the next one. So see. Who is the operating factor here? Who? Who? The Please Holy help me. Who is here? The Hong Kong. The Holy Kong. Now go to the next verse. When they came to the border. All right. Of Messiah, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow <laughs> The next verse. When they came to where? Messiah. To the border of Messiah. They tried to enter Bithynia, but who? The spirit of Jesus. Did what? Did not, allow, not them allow them to them do what? Hello, enter. hello, hello. Is it say Lucifer? No. Cherubim, seraphim, the that spirit be. of who? Uh -huh. and who is uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. We, those who think we know more than God. The Verse 10. Look at verse 10. Amazing. Verse 10. Verse 10. After Paul had seen the vision, Paul, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. Macedonia. Concluded that who? So, God the Father, God the Son, and God, God the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, in diverse ways, were involved in closing the door and opening the door. All right. It may look like body of Dickens, it may look like Fred Digby, it may look like constitution, it may look like an Akan Ebe fight, it may look like all these other phenomena that is behind the conspiracy theory, it may look like all of them. But can you see God the Father, 
God the Son and God the Holy Spirit acting. Trinitarian. And can you see that because they understood that, because Paul understood that, after he did all that he did, he came back to the church. now by pray for me. This is what the Lord has done. So give my last my last point. So what have we come here to do? Open doors can still pose challenges, but God will lead his servants through these challenges. Yes, Joe, you said it. Sarah, you heard it. God will still do that. So, the church in Antioch sent as well as received reports from the missionaries they had commissioned. I, I wanted Osofo's answer here. So today, we've met to do what have we meant to do officially? What is advertised? Send off. Send off. Send and I'm asking the question. Are we going to do send off? Where send off implies that we are sending him off. We can see somebody has been with us for 20, 25 years has been commissioned to go and do God's work in another territory where due to some complex circumstances we cannot explain. We can only say the Lord is sending him there. Which one do you want to do? Send off or commission? Send off and I saw your commissioning. But the ATMO, you're commissioning. Near the Empire Bot, near Comtia Tanichi. I must confess that we've sent many people away without getting clearly that they are part of us. Because this understanding is not there, we send people away, we send them off, and the chapter is closed. Mother Sarah, which one do you people want? Uh, let me hear, let me hear my Miss Sarah first. So which one? Are we sending you off? We want to hear your answer. Is it a send-off or you prefer a commission? Commissioning. So for so for commissioning. So for so Once a Calvarian, always a Calvarian. May the God who has called you when you were your mother's womb. Amen. May the God we believe through the orchestration of circumstances has made possible for you to respond to this Macedonian call. Amen. May the God who provides when he calls continue to be with you. Amen. No matter what challenges you face out there. And may the church and the people of God decide. Having sent off through commission the servant of God who has served in our midst will continue through thick and thin to bear him up in prayer, spiritually, morally, and emotionally. And may the church have our wounds healed and not go beyond the script to say what we know nothing about. But through it all, give thanks and glory to God for his mysterious ways, the challenges that come away for us to learn. And we learn and are better off. Amen. Amen. Papa, you're